Hello there. You are very welcome along to a bonus episode of the RT Rugby Podcast. It is Guinness Six Nations Week. France hosting Ireland on Friday night. So we thought we'd come and give you an extra episode ahead of such a big weekend. Our normal podcast will be out on Wednesday afternoon. I'll be speaking to Bernard Jackman and Johnny Holland about the opening round of games and in particular the Ireland team announcement because that's coming up tomorrow afternoon. Andy Farrell is due to show his hand on Wednesday afternoon for the game on Friday. We will be recording our usual pod straight after that happens. So stay tuned for that with myself, Bernard Jackman and Johnny Holland. On today's bonus episode, though, I'm going to be chatting to Ronan O'Gara about Ireland against France, about Jack Crowley, more than likely stepping into the Johnny Sexton shadow, Peter O'Mahony's new role as Ireland captain, and a whole lot more besides as well. That is coming up in a few minutes. First, though, I want to bring you a bit of reaction and preview from inside the Ireland camp. We're over here in Portugal, in Quinta de Lago at the moment, following the Ireland team ahead of their departure for Marseille tomorrow. And we spoke to some of the players and coaches in the last couple of days. In the next few minutes, you'll hear from Jameson Gibson Park and Robbie Henshaw. Those full press conferences, if you want to hear more from those players, they're available to watch on the RT Sport YouTube page. So go there if you want to see more of that. First up, though, I am talking to the Ireland scrum coach, John Fogarty or the captain of crack, as some people might call him, if you've seen full contact on Netflix over the last week or so. We'll pick things up here with Fogarty giving his thoughts on the great recent form of Joe McCarthy, who some people think could be in line to get a start this week. We've, we've a squad over here and we've trained, we've trained well. Um, Joe has gone well within, within Leinster and, and he's, an ex, he's an exciting prospect. Um, but you look at... Um, uh, James Ryan, you look at um, Hendy, um, there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's a great group of second rows. We're, we're lucky. We're lucky to have what we have right now. We've got real experience, we've got nice size and power, and we've got a bit of youth too, you know, so that, that's a great mix. It, it pushes each other along, and that's what we want. Us developing as a squad, we need competition. We need to train at a high, high level, and that's, that's what we've seen over the last couple of days is nice intent in training sessions, and it's, it's not someone waiting it's someone that's competing to, to, to get on to get a jersey and um, it's, it's good it's been it's been good uh, Keen Healy is a guy in the front row that's come back Ollie Yeager is a guy that's uh, we, we've brought in to have a look at and again there's really good competition within what's happening um, ar- around that pack you know so it's it's been good it's been good to follow up on, to follow up on Joe McCarthy what have you seen from his development in the 12, 18 months that he's been around this squad, both in terms of what he does on the pitch, but also what kind of character he's like around the team meetings? You know, does he speak up a little bit more than he used to? Is he becoming more comfortable in that environment? Joe's, Joe's a great character. Uh, he, you know, he brings his energy um, to everything he does. Um, he's done that from the second he's come in here. And in a gym session, he's, he's a great guy to watch and be around. And Jason Cowan has said that the group Joe's in has high energy and there's a bit of banter, there's a bit of crack, but there's, there's a lot of competing going on. So Joe's brought a lot of that energy with him. Um, you know, every player, every player goes through a period of, uh, they come into a side, you know, you see him in Leinster and you see him flying off the line a few times. I think he's, I think he's, he's brought a bit of calmness to what, he, what he's doing on the back of understanding what's needed um, over the last year, over the last 18 months. And, and that's evident over the last couple of games we've seen now. So 
I think he's brought a little bit of that. Um, you, you need to make mistakes sometimes. Um, some players are they're right on the edge of what they do so you need to make some mistakes and, and get pulled back and you learn your way and you know all the players um, developing an understanding of what it is we're trying to do um, we're in a good spot and Joe's in a great spot I think at the moment he's nice and clear on what he needs to do and he's training well Is everyone fit and available for selection for Friday? Yeah we're good we're good clean bill of health um, which is great which is great so yeah looking forward to it On the, on the side of the scrums then in the New Zealand quarter-final, there were obviously a few scrums that, that didn't go your way and kind of ended up being a little bit costly in the end. What have you, what have you seen when you look back over those over the last few months? What, what tweaks do you have to make? Yes, sometimes it can be very small. Um, there's, there's definitely a few pictures we can clean up on. Um, we don't want to show a referee or a touch judge an easy image. Um, so with, with our props, we're trying to show as best possible picture we can. So nice and square in what we're doing. Um, the one thing in the game is that a huge surge of we 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 were we were we we were the aggressors almost. There was a huge surge surge of power through. Um, we had them under a fraction of pressure, and and the scrums released out, and there was a little bit of a spin. So how we control weight post set is something that we've focused on. So we want to show tidy pictures to referees and, and AORs, and we want to work with them as as best we possibly can. And this weekend is going to be tough. So Antonio is a guy, you know, he's been around the block. And he can he can mess about a little bit on bind into set, uh, fade fade a little bit, hit a little bit. So, you know, it's 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 a it's a big test for uh, Carl Dixon. But they're, they're the areas we're looking to make sure we're showing nice pictures and post set. We want to control where weight where we're sending our weight so that we're not getting walked around or we're not moving around either. You know what I mean? And for all the work you do like before the match, analysing the scrums of the opposition and stuff, how important is it that? In the moment, the players can adjust if they if they realise the referee isn't seeing a picture a certain way that they can. Kind of yeah, I think. I think being able to get back to neutral is, is unbelievably important for our front rows. We're in a, we're in a, a space where we're unbelievably confrontational, um, and we're and we're trying to fire and fight our way through through something. For us to be able to get back to neutral, uh, find a way to communicate nice and calmly so that we can make adjustments on the run, it's, it's an incredibly important. And being able to listen and, and, and be able to be clear in our communication as well is huge for us. And, and again, that's something we've spoken about. And uh, like I said, our training sessions have been very, very competitive. So we're getting opportunities to, for lads to, 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 to have to get back to neutral, which, is, which has been good. So Jameson, how have things been over the, the five, six days you've been here at this stage? Does it feel like you're Starting a new chapter, or is it very much continuing on from what happened in the World Cup? Uh, I think very much continuing on from from what we've kind of built over the last number of years, not just the World Cup. You know, it's been what went on before that. So um, there's obviously been a few, I suppose, a few harsher lessons throughout the World Cup period. But um, yeah, it's been great to be back in camp. Everyone's in good form. It's obviously great to be back here, such a class facility in Portugal. So, um, but yeah, things are building nicely. You said there were harsh lessons in the World Cup. What kind of specifics can you give us around what those lessons were, aside from the obvious? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough one, man. It was a tough period after that, and um, we've obviously got plenty of things that we've we've taken from the game. We've looked back over a lot of that footage, and um, every time one of those clips comes up, it's it's pretty hard to watch. But there are many lessons, like I say, to be learned. So um, yeah, hopefully we'll see a bit of it out there on Friday night. Speaking of Friday, France first up. I mean, that's a a perfect game to 
sharpen the minds to make sure there's no hangover post World Cup? Exactly, man. I, I mean, they were the same. I suppose they experienced World Cup heartbreak as well, so they'll be keen to uh, t keen to get stuck back into things. Massive home game for them in Marseille. Bit of a change up from 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 uh, from Paris, so um, I'm sure they'll be fired up and. Um, yeah, but we're looking forward to it for sure. And then just the, the big squad change, obviously, is that Johnny Sexton's no longer around. As from her, how have you found working with the likes of Jack, Harry, and Kieran Frawley over the last few days? Have they have they found their voice more than they would have had last year? To you know, are they, are they wary of the fact, obviously, that Johnny's no longer around and maybe they need to take on more responsibility around the team? Maybe a little bit, but I think they're all great leaders in their own right. So um, I would have worked a lot with. Kieran and Harry over the years, obviously, and a bit with um, Jack over the last number of months. So, um, yeah, but like I say, great leaders in their own right, and um, they can all march a team around the pitch. So, um, yeah, been great working with them. Robbie Hurtings, yeah. what, has the, what has the message been since you got here last week from, I understand it was the big review, kind of looking back at the New Zealand game before you came out here. What has the big message been since then? Yeah, I mean, we, we're always looking to build, um, always looking to learn from from past experiences, uh, positive and, and negative. But um, yeah, listen, there's there's loads to go for the group and there's loads of improvement um, needed. And I think we've all recognised that, um, players and staff, that, you know, we can we can definitely keep driving it on and, and keep getting better as a group. Um. With a game like France away first up, like it, it doesn't necessarily give you the opportunity to, to build your way into the tournament. Just how kind of close to your best do you have to be from, from week one? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think it's it's one of the toughest games playing France away. Um definitely down in down in Marseille as well is gonna be a new challenge for, for everyone. Um a handful of us played there before. Um it's it's a it's an intense environment and um I suppose France you know the force that they're going to bring out. We need to be at our best um, to deal with that um, that environment and, and, and that team. So, yeah, um, last week has been a good prep and leading into a, short, a shorter week this week. But you know it's really positive uh, from our end, and yeah, we're we're really excited to get getting going. Coming in after a World Cup campaign, is there ever a bit of a, an unknown quantity about teams where you're not really sure maybe what tweaks they're making? post-World Cup and you probably don't have that, that body of evidence to, to go off? Yeah, I suppose it's you look back at, at, at what what they produced in, in the World Cup and you even look back to, to the games they played in, in the Six Nations uh, last year. So do a bit of review on that and then also having a good eye on, on what the club, the French clubs are producing. Uh, so looking at any trends, things like that in, in, the, in the club game. There's a lot of the, a lot of the French players play play club rugby there, so yeah, it's um, yeah, it is. It, they might bring something different. I suppose every team will might might change their their plan a little bit. So we, we need to be adaptable and and we need to be ready for if they do throw something something different that we haven't seen, and we need to be ready. Well, one one thing that will definitely be different is the velodrome rather than the the Stade de France. Hmm. How much are you looking forward to just that? Like a very novel experience for a Six Nations where. It's a stadium. I know you played there in mm. Leinster, but that's a very, very different type of crowds to yeah. what you're going to have on Friday night. Yeah, it's 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 an incredible stadium. Um, I saw there was a few a few World Cup games there that were held there, and um, you know the as opposed to playing in, in Stade de France, it's it's a very um, it's a tight stadium in terms of it's obviously a football football pitch and. Uh, 
the the crowd is is right there in your face. Um, so it's a it's a tight stadium and it's and it's quite it can be intimidating at times when it's when the crowd are up. Um, so yeah, we we got to experience that playing playing for Leinster a couple of, a couple of seasons ago and it was was different. And just finally for me then, as as ever with the centre, there's heaps of competition to get in between yourself, Bundy, Stuart McCluskey, and, and Gary as well. Mm. How how do you have to kind of set your expectations going into a week like that when you know there's there's so many top quality centres and there's only really two spots to go around? Yeah. Place, yeah, it's 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 great to have competition. I suppose that's what drives you on as a player is to keep trying to get the best out of yourself um, and out of the team. Um, you know, for us, uh, for me individually, it's it's doing my best on the training pitch and um, you know being confident that what I've done over the last last few months in in club rugby with Leinster has been has been good to hopefully put my hand up. So um, yeah, f- feeling good, uh, feeling confident and. As I said, all the lads in, in the centre jersey are, are all competing, so that definitely drives our performance. So that was the view from the Ireland camp. John Fogarty, uh, Jameson Gibson Park and Robbie Henshaw. Full interviews available, uh, the full press conferences available to watch on the RT Sport YouTube page. Um, it's time now to hear from Ronan O'Gara, though. Earlier today, I spoke to him. He has teamed up with Six Nations sponsor Guinness to give a rousing team talk ahead of Ireland's opening fixture against France in Marseille this Friday night. That little video, that team talk I'm talking about, I'll put a link for it at the bottom of our YouTube page and you can look at it there. But uh, here I am earlier this afternoon chatting to Ronan O'Gara. All right, I'm delighted to be joined now on the RT Rugby podcast by La Rochelle, head coach and former Ireland international Ronan O'Gara looking ahead to this Friday night's Guinness Six Nations opener between France and Ireland in Marseille. Ronan, thanks a million for joining us. Good to have you on. Yeah, hi, hi uh, Neil. How's it going? I'm very good. Um, I might just start, as I mentioned, Stade Velodrome is the venue this weekend rather than Stade de France because of the Olympics. A stadium... You yourself will have will have fond memories of and can tell us all about how how nice it is a, a place to be involved. Yeah, well, obviously for us, yeah, special day in May twenty twenty two. Now it was a long time ago, but uh, feels like yesterday in some way. Um, yeah, when you win silverware, it stays with you. So, um, yeah, the Irish fans would be in for a treat I think because um, there's huge energy within the ground it's one of those places where um, I think once you visit it it'll stay with you there'll be a lot of energy around the ground as well I think um, I think it's a good move because what you're nearly guaranteed south of France will be a good temperature it's a cracking surface the sod is fast obviously but it's really well prepared to so there's no danger to players and the fact that um, it's as good a soccer surface as you get for, for the big European games and football never mind rugby so when you have that it makes it for a faster game it makes it for you know I mean um, a very attack orientated game and also I think uh, the way the stands are constructed it's very fan uh, favourable the fact that it's kind of there's a, there's a gradual uh, rise to the place, which means that uh, when the place gets bouncing and, and the supporters are, are jumping to the same beat, uh, it makes for an unbelievably good atmosphere. Is this is it appropriate? I know it's obviously enforced because of the Olympics, but it is appropriate that 
they're kind of taking the show on the road so soon after the Rugby World Cup where they're going up to Lille. They're in Leon, obviously, as well. And hey, Yeah, but interestingly, Ireland. they put, they no, put Ireland in Marseille, you know, which is a smart move because I think uh, the level of support there, they're different, they're passionate. And there's it's a huge sporting city with so much, obviously, history associated with the soccer team there. And Marseille in, in, in football, it was... Uh, it went a little bit amiss with me at the start, just the rivalry between Paris and Olympic uh, Marseille, you know, in, in the fact that um, they're fanatical fans, but that will spread through to whatever team comes to visit. There'll be a, a lot of local supporters, a lot of people from France will travel, but obviously Irish people will travel as well. But not alone is it kind of, I suppose, uh, interesting for the fans, but also for the players because Ireland's character will be really tested, I think. It'll be tested differently this weekend because there's sometimes a soulless feel to the Stade de France where you can feel a little bit detached that it becomes a spectacle and a day out for Parisians, maybe a small interest in the game or a commercial aspect of it. It'll be completely opposite in Marseille where uh, everyone will be in the ground early. There will be uh, a huge amount of energy in the stands with different bands placed all over the ground. So uh, you mean that can either uh, empower you or it can eat at you. And so some Irish players will be rattled by you and other people will grow. So uh, it just makes for it, I suppose, so much more rewarding if you're able to achieve that as an Irish player to go to, to the velodrome and win. It would be a serious achievement. And in that respect, then, what a test for... Look, team is announced tomorrow. I think we're we're kind of assuming it's probably going to be Jack Crowley. But if it isn't, either way for for Kieran Frawley or Harry Byrne or whoever is wearing number ten for Ireland on Friday. Yeah, you're right. It makes it interesting, even the way you phrase the question. I think Jack has done enough to be assumed to be the the guy starting the game. That's a compliment for what he's been doing at club level. But tomorrow is another step up, and it'll be the biggest. Uh, steepest learning curve he's had at this stage but the guy is still at rookie status even though he's probably been a long or sorry around a long time in Irish rugby uh, but he's lacking minutes in that in that position and it's only natural that he'd be better and an awful lot better in probably 10 or 15 games time but uh, when you had someone like Johnny in the hot seat for so long it was very hard to to shift the competitor like that so now it's Jack's time and the short term it's probably his jersey, but he has to keep producing the good. Otherwise, there's guys like Kieran Farley, the two Byrne brothers, and there's, you know what I mean, for tomorrow or for today, whether it's it's Prendergast. So, like with all national teams, the competition is fierce, but um, I like what I see with Crowley. I think he's a very interesting player. Very, very... Um, probably understated, but I think that'll suit him well as he keeps evolving. What are the what are the parts of his game that you that you like specifically? I like the fact that he isn't perturbed, or sorry, that's a French word. I like the fact that he isn't upset by making a mistake. Crucially, he has to understand that test level, the mistakes get punished more severely than they do at Champions Cup level. But I think he's great at being able to uh, self talk and coax himself back into threatening positions to take ownership of his team. I think when. Uh, Jack is on the ball or in or around the ball. Munster looked very dangerous and that's the biggest compliment uh, I can give him. But also the fact is that he's never, I suppose, shied away from 
owning the game. And that's what a lot of great tens do. So is it that part then? Is it is it is it as much the the mentality and the mindset of what you're seeing as much as the the kicking ability or his ability to pass the ball off off both hands or something that he kind of yeah he has so you the, just have sorry you have to take that for, you nearly have to take that for granted at this stage because unless you're very very talented you don't even get invited to this stage of the of the uh, level where these players are at but we know what sort of separates the good from the great is the is the the mind and I think his mindset is particularly appealing in the fact that uh, he doesn't let uh, errors um, enter into his into his sphere so I think once he keeps proving to himself how good he is uh, he will be just more and more of a threat and more and more of a weapon for his team. And then the the other part of Johnny Sexton no longer being involved is Peter O'Mahony stepping up to to captain the team. Like, I mean, you would have seen what Peter had going way back into to his early days in Munster, where we like we've all heard stories about how quickly he was putting his foot down on things and making himself heard and like to do that in a room of of players in that monster team who had won what he had won like you probably knew from from fairly early on you were dealing with someone who had that big personality similar to what you were talking about with Jack even yeah absolutely yeah and uh yeah I'd be delighted for for Peter because I think like anyone the more successful you are the more kind of you're there to be shot on. He's had a lot of, I suppose, negative comments thrown on him, but he hasn't let that stop the growth in his game. And he's come back better every year. I think he's also been honest with himself in terms of, yeah, I need to be a little bit fitter maybe a year. I need to be a little bit more um, uh, robust in this area of the game. I need to keep uh, my fitness levels high. And I think he has that, And but he also has what a lot of people don't. He has big moments in his in his DNA, and once you have those, I think big moments coupled with uh, with that fitness that he has now achieved late in his career, he becomes a very interesting player. He was always a very interesting person. I think people followed him naturally. He had huge presence in the room, and that becomes important away from home, especially in France, where there'll come a stage in this game where one team will blink, and the other team will sub, you know, what I mean, uh, submit. And unless you're kind of in the trenches, you don't really understand that. But um, you know I mean, it would be probably um, the last thing a Peter Omani or a Peter Omani team will do would be to, um, you mean, if they were to go down, they'll go down swinging. That's for sure. Mm. And then on the on the French side, obviously, they have a new captain stepping in. Another person you know very very well in in Greg Aldrich. Yeah, it's, it's a very special person, a very guy I'm very close to, a guy who is uh, always wanting to get better, uh, digested the disappointment of the Rugby World Cup. Uh, like, uh, very few people can understood what, uh, you mean, Savea's standard is and wants to be better than that. And I admire people like that. And now his good buddy Dupont is gone. But I think... Rugby teams are better served by having, I think, their captain up front. He's in the perfect position. He's a great 
link between the forwards and the back, but his game intelligence is off the Richter scale. It's fantastic. On on France, then, as you mentioned, like Dupont going to be gone for the Six Nations. Does that, in your in your mind, anyway, can you see them kind of altering their approach and how they're attacking the game, or or how they? I don't know when they alter, but I think if you're smart, you'd 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 go okay. Well, we're, we've a ten point better chance here. They ultimately think this guy is worth 10 points to any team. It might be the overstatement of the century, but I watched rugby and I watched uh, when he's in a team and when he isn't in a team. The guy can do everything. He has everything in his game. No other player has what he has in the fact that he has complete uh, attributes at everything. So uh, their French team are weaker. There's no doubt about it where the May game would be the cohesion between Luku and Jalibert, but also it's an opportunity for Ireland to go after that 9 and 10 that's very unproven at test level. And it's very different to play in a top 14 game, or which has only happened this season, I think, um, a Champions Cup game for them. So this is a big jump in class. This is a big jump in standard. And it would make sense for Ireland to to really try and break that partnership. And... um. But it may, yeah, maybe I'm overreading it. There could be the um, the young nine from Legaric from Racing may, may, may start. So um, the thing about France is they'll never be shy on talent. It's just how can you get them to play like a three out of ten when some days they can play like a nine out of ten? That for me is the key. <laughs> Hopefully they've been like a like a three out of ten anyway on Friday night. What's the um, what's the kind of prevailing the prevailing wind in France at the moment around their World Cup? Like, have they taken their quarterfinal exit as? as yeah, it's, it's amazing because all, everyone is over here on little on little um zone. Yeah, I, they took it very badly, and Galtier got uh, a big lashing over here. The public not at all happy. The rugby journalists not at all happy, and a lot of questions asked. Um, but um, you know, I think with the passing of time, they appreciated that this team was on a huge upward trajectory. It came down to a one-score game against South Africa, a little bit like Ireland against New Zealand. The margins are tiny, so I think uh, now uh, they've rode in behind Galtier again. And they're, I think, um, unbelievably excited to see this game on Friday night because there's big respect for Ireland over here. What do you make of the notion of a potential World Cup hangover on either side? Is that something that actually does happen from your from your playing experience, no. your coaching experience? No, no, no. I think a World Cup hangover happens in the month or two after the World Cup, which is very normal for a player. But you're thinking about sport moves quicker than anything in business or anything like that for the players, it'll be like a distant memory. That was last October. You're in February now. They've all played European Cup games. They're all itching to play big games again. Um, they get a one in a, uh, in a lifetime opportunity to play a test match in the velodrome, which I think will really, really excite them. And once they arrive at the ground, they'll go and go, oh, well, this is everything that I thought the Six Nation would be and a lot more. Mm-hmm. Did, do you like the the idea, I suppose? Well, certainly what we're, we're getting coming out from the Irish camp is very much kind of continuity from the World Cup and just trying to build on a couple of little blocks here and there rather than tearing down the walls and going 
going all over they again. Had a, they had absolutely no reason to tear down the walls. Everything has been uh, very measured. And I think that's where Ireland uh, excel and they have their greatest chance of succeeding in, in, in winning any competition is the fact that they have an incredibly fit, well-drilled team in a framework with potential options to to pick the right option to unlock the defence and um, cohesion that you've very rarely seen in their phase game, which gives them multiple threats all over the pitch and a really performing defence. So like it's it's easy to know why why Ireland are always there or thereabouts nowadays. Mm-hmm. And finally then the the tournament as a whole. Does it feel like we're I know we kind of actually do say it every year, but talk about how it could be the most the most open in in years, but I can't remember the last time where we've seen such a turnover of of key players and captains and you know the the big out halves that have that have come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a new journey and it's very exciting and, and this Guinness Six Nations is gonna be um for me, I think they're the two best teams played this Friday night, and one team will wake up on Saturday morning. The the draw isn't to be ruled out either, by the way, because I think there's very little between the two teams. Um, and I think it will come down to a one score game on Friday night. So, so for me, the best two teams are playing on Friday night, and one of them will win the competition. Right. Well, we'll see how it goes on Friday. Eve Montpellier on Saturday. You've You've no, you've no hope of sneaking down from La Rochelle to Marseille <laughs> on, a, on a quick flight and get back up in time now? Well, you could if it was any other country, but there's always airstrikes over here, so <laughs> no, I can't. Well, listen, enjoy it, and best of luck this weekend. Hey, cheers, Neil. Good to oh, talk. Pleasure.